recorded live. Wow, thank you, thank you, thank you again for chiming in early um, to try to get as much as you can. Thank you for sharing it. I, I know Deacon Shepherdson sent out the email. I uh, saw so it posted on um, the Mount Enon Facebook page. Good, good, good. Let's get the word out. Why? Because we want folks to grow. We want them to grow, and you grow by the word, taking in this word. Let's dig right into this word. It's page 146 in the book, Pigs in the Parlor, a Practical Guide, guide for Deliverance. Um, over 1 million over one million copies in print. That is a blessing. And, again, the more I talk to folks about it, the more I hear that this book has gotten around. A lot of folks know about it, and a lot of folks have benefited from this book. So I thank and praise God for that, that, that it came our way, you know, that, that finally um, we decided to um, use it in uh, our Bible study, and it has been a tremendous blessing. Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just bless your name and we honor you. We exalt you and extol you, for you are an awesome God. We pray, O oh God, that you will have your way in this Bible study tonight. Lord, the greatest will for us is to say that will be done. You do whatever you want to do uh, and use us to your glory, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so we're looking at page 146, and we're looking at about midway down, what is that, one, two, third paragraph, where it starts off, let us see what the other uh, fingers on the left hand, and this is, again, using that diagram, um, and I, I have not referred to the diagram a lot on page, what would that be, uh, 143 and 142. Um I'm primarily dealing with the topics of those fingers, but not really dealing with the diagram because, again, I did not want to get into trying to uh, draw this out, um, but to deal with the actual issues. Uh, one of the things I do want to – I bookmarked mine, and I, and I pray that you bookmark yours on page 121 to actually know where that prayer is and to use it often. I'm telling you, uh, if you really desire to be clean clean in any area, I've actually had one member uh, to bring it to my attention. Pastor, uh, please pray for me with procrastination. And, and again, uh, when that procrastination, when you renounce it, uh, I'm already praying. And I believe, like the centurion, that when uh, I pray my prayer over here in Hydesville, then uh, it's going to bind with your prayer wherever you are, and, and that procrastination spirit is going to be gone. You're going to renounce it. And, and the thing that I really want to bring up about that prayer in, in, uh, on page 121 is that the conclusion of the prayer, um, down uh, probably more than, yeah, about midway in, where it says, and I come to you now as my deliverer. You know my special needs, the things that I bind, and um, the things that binds, that torment, that defile, that evil spirit, that unclean spirit, I claim the promise of your word. Whosoever that calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I call upon you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliver me. And set me free. I don't, I don't know about you, but that has power to me. It really transforms that you make it a practice. Deliver me and set me free, whatever that spirit is. And, again, they, they kind of summarized there and named a whole lot of things. But if procrastination is your thing, then I would call that procrastination spirit out, and I would pray just as this prayer is written, deliver me and set me free. Satan, I renounce you, I renounce the spirit of procrastination and all your works. I loose myself from you in the name of Jesus, and I command you to leave me right now in Jesus' name. And whether it's a voice, whether you want to identify it as a voice, whether you want to identify it as a spirit, a demon, I don't. whatever it is, you, you make your choice. The key is that your desire 
is to be loosed and that you command demons. And, again, sometimes we just give evil spirits way too much power. The, the devil did this and the devil did I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you, when you bring it to me, I'm going to bring it right back to you. The devil has no power. I'm sorry. He has no power. So, so I'll listen to you, but I, I understand you're, you're saying that out of, um, uh, I don't know, is out, it's got to be ignorance. It's, it's, it's a level of ignorance, and I'm not saying it to demean people, but to say, and there's areas that I'm ignorant in. I, I just don't know. And when you don't know, it's ignorance. And when you get knowledge, I'm telling you, you need to operate in it 100%. As much as you can, and, and particularly when it comes to giving the enemy power. The enemy, the enemy has no power. He has no power. So once you understand that, you stop, the devil did this, the devil, the devil did nothing. Only what you allow him to do, all right? So let's move on. Please mark that in your book, page uh, 121, and that is the uh, prayer. And what do they call it? Deliverance prayer. The deliverance prayer. And I, I mean, I mean, I put me a post-it note on it. Put deliverance prayer on there, so it sits out above like a bookmark, so I can flip to it. Be, why? Because if you truly desire to have a clean house, then guess what? One day you're gonna vacuum. Another day you might dust. Another day you're gonna uh, clean those windows. Uh, you got to make sure you do those dishes every day. Um, you're gonna make sure that you're Again, wiping that counter off, sweeping the floor. Did you ever sweep that floor? It's a linoleum floor. Did you sweep that floor? That's because, you know, you're, you're instead of, you know, sometimes folks have cleaning day, and on Saturday they try to do everything, and that's a little taxing when you try to do everything in one day. But when you're really trying to keep your house clean, you are doing a little bit every day. Well, I use that as an example to say when you are getting clean, cleansed from evil spirits, evil influence, let me tell you something, every day that you identify something that is out of line with the word of God, you've got to deal with that. And I would have it bookmarked. I would run down to your study or run up in your loft, wherever you, wherever your, your Bible study time is, run over in that corner. Some people have a, a, a den or something like that or a, a library. Get in that place. Get this prayer out. Call that thing out and clean it up then. Listen, ain't, there's no sense of leaving them crumbs on that counter for bugs to come in and eventually mice to come in. Listen, you got to deal with them rodents after the fact. I don't want to deal with these evil spirits, these imps whispering and causing me to be distracted and then sometimes yielding. So you want to deal with this thing Every time you see it, when you see it, deal with it. Good God Almighty. Let me tell you something. You will find out that what God has said in his word is true and that you can be set free. This is, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a real freedom. Okay? Back to page 146, mid uh, top of that, that third paragraph, and what we're dealing with is lust. First scripture I want you to look at is going to be 1 John chapter 2. And let me just go there, uh, John 2, and we're going to look at verse number 16. And, and, and again, as you look at the word, you'll see uh, exactly what it says. And this is why I'm, I'm encouraging folks to read the word. I'm encouraging folks to study, not just read the Bible, but to literally study. I'll never forget me and uh, Minister Phoenix. Um, he and I used to sit in the, in the, in the den of my um, apartment, and boy, we would get this word out, and we would study and study and study. We would be all over the place because once you get into one scripture and you say, wow, what does that mean? And you see some references that support that scripture, you go off. Then when you read that, you go, wow, take us off in a whole other area. But you've got to be intrigued by the word of God. If you're not intrigued by the word of God, you're not intrigued by God. Why? Because the word of God is God-breathed. This is God speaking to you. This is why when you, listen, when it says God breathed into us the, the breath of life, listen, this word is God breathed. 
This is you taking in the Spirit of God. It's the will of God. It's the Word of God. It's the life of God. You take in. The more words you know, the stronger you are. The less words you know, the weaker you are. And many of us wonder, why in the world am I still getting beat up after all this time I've been in church? Because maybe you have not dug into this word. Maybe you are so weak because this word, you're not intrigued by God. When we were intrigued by that young lady, listen, you, 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 I hate to use the word stalk, but you stalked her. You knew where she was going to be, when she was going to be there. You knew what she was going to be doing. You were stalk. I'm talking you was watching out for her. Then you, once you found out where she was going to be, you start to learn what she liked, where she likes to go. Her favorite this and her favorite that. That's how you got to be with God. You have got to run after God. When the Bible, the, the song says, I'm chasing after you, you've got to chase after him. You've got to stalk God. God, turn around and look, and there you are at his window, looking in. You're trying to find out about God. Well, how do you do that? You've got to get in this word and stay in this word. Co-pastor said, listen, I've had struggles with, with um reading the Bible all the way through, but I ain't giving up. Good God Almighty, that, that thing ought to encourage somebody who has given up on your biblical, I'm talking about your spiritual pursuit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Your spiritual pursuit. And, and, and what we find out, again, as we read, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said move on, too. <laughs> as we read, and we're going to look at First John chapter... Two, verse number 16, what does it say here? And I'm going to read it to King James first. It says, for all, listen, I hope you understand when you hear all, we're going to talk about that all, all that is in the world, what? Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father. Anytime, I'm, I'm telling you, you, go back to page 121, and, and that spirit of lust, when you feel that there's this pulling, and, and again, there is no pulling, there is a suggestion. And when you get that suggestion and you realize that's pretty strong, I'm hearing it loud and clear. Listen, you got to bring this word into the remembrance of the enemy. Let the devil know that you know the word. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Listen to this. I'm going to go down. Which one is this? Here we go. N-E-T. Uh, New English, probably New English translation, maybe New English translation. It says... Uh, N-E-T. It says, because all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the arrogance, and the arrogance produced by material possessions. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. When you feel that arrogance setting in on you, and you're starting to, good God Almighty, you're starting to act that thing out. Because you got a nice car, you start to walk with your head tilted up. Because you can afford to, listen, buy some expensive clothes on sale. You know you didn't even pay that much for them. But yes, you do. You have on a $900 suit. Yes, you do. You have on a $195 pair of shoes. You got them not only on sale but on clearance, and the clearance had an additional percentage off. And you still act as if, no, these are 190. I'm walking around my head up in the sky. Why? It's an arrogance, and when you get that arrogance, this is what it's starting to deal with, this lustful spirit, you flip back to 121, and you renounce that spirit in the name of Jesus and you claim the promises of God's word, I know where this spirit comes from. It is not of you. How can you talk so boldly like that? Because you read the word. It's a lustful spirit, all right? Lust, watch this, is rooted in rejection. And this is where you can start to see the tie. Yes, you, 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 you dealt with the lust, but you did not deal with the rejection, where did it come from? Why do you feel that you've got to be front and center? Why do you feel you desire that? Why do you feel that that makes you into something else other than what God created you to be? When you put that on, why do you feel that way? If it makes me feel outside of what God has ordained for me to be, I don't want that. 
That's why, again, I'm, I'm stressing it to everyone there at Mount Enon. I stress it during this Bible study. Why? You've got, to be, you've got to get the understanding that God's will being done in your life is better than what you desire. This is what the, the, the NET broke it down. It's your desires. Those are your desires. All right? And then it's rooted in rejection. So you dealt with the rejection, but you didn't deal with the lust. And and the lust was rooted in the rejection. So the opposite. You dealt with the lust, but you didn't deal with the rejection. And the root of it is the rejection. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It, it, it reminds me of when I'm pulling those weeds up. And Lord knows one of the worst feelings for a good weed puller is to feel that weed snap. And it's on the stem and not the root. Good God Almighty. Oh, you know what's going to happen. Oh, yes, it's coming back. It's coming back. That that same weed that you hate to see in your yard is coming back. But if I can pull it slow enough, if I grab it down closest to the dirt as I can get it, and and then I pull it slow enough, pull it so it does not snap, and I can feel uh, it's coming up out of the ground. And once I get it moving, it's usually okay. I got it now. And it's coming all the way out. But if I feel it and it starts to strain, if I feel it and I feel it starting to loosen, it's weakening, uh, and, 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 I, and I don't feel it moving as a whole, guess what? I'm going to have to still deal with that. Well, if you deal with lust and you don't deal with the root of rejection, let me tell you something. You are still going to come back. That lust is coming back. Why? Because the spirit of rejection, follow me, opens the door. For the lust to return. You know what mama used to say. I got to run and I got to run some errands. I'm going to go to the laundromat. I'm going to go to the grocery store. And I got a couple of things to pick up off a layaway. It's going to take me a few hours. Don't y'all open this door for nobody. And I'm going to tell you, my, my mother took it a step further I don't care who it is. You don't open the door for nobody. Some folks, well, that was a family member. Uh-uh. They should have called me first. Don't open this door for nobody. Why? Because if you open the door for the stranger, the stranger going to come in and can pilferage. That's a good one. Steal, rob you blind. So don't open the door. What happens? Rejection opens the door for lust. Rejection actually, as a controlling spirit, opens the door for a whole lot of other stuff to come in. Watch this. If one has not received satisfactory love through the normal channels of life, the carnal nature will begin to search for its kind of love, sensual love. You wonder why in the world. See, this is what, the, the, again, just a lack of knowledge, it, it destroys us, a lack of knowledge. When you, when you miss out on training that child up with the love that they're supposed to have, then that child starts to look for love in other ways. They're not looking for the godly kind of love. They're not looking for the parental love. They're looking, this is what it says here, sensual love. The carnal nature will begin to search. That's what the enemy, that's what the spirits, the demons, the voice, they work through your flesh. There's a battle going on. I hope you know the scripture. There's a between the spirit man and the fleshly man. And all the strength that the, 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 the enemy has works through your flesh. So training up that child, training up that child, what does it do? It causes them to be able to keep the door shut that the rejection can't get in, and the rejection won't open the door for some other spirit. Help me, Holy Ghost. Eight, watch, listen to this. Sensual spirits, thus the door is open for the demon of lust to enter. A companion, thank you, Holy Ghost, spirit in this group is fantasy. 
lust. Turn with me real quick, Matthew chapter 5. And I don't think I'm, okay, I'm going to do it this way. Matthew 5, and let's look at 27. Matthew 5, 27. And I'm in the Bible hub, so I'm pulling it up in about 21 different translations at the same time. Listen to this. This is what it says. Uh, 527 of Matthew. It says, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Now, again, if you're building your life based on the word, see, adultery in this day and age, it's commonplace. It's commonplace for men to cheat on their wives with another woman. It's commonplace. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. Now, again, you've got to look. What are you building your life on? Are you building your life on your philosophy of you, or are you building it on the word of God? The word of God said, listen, do not commit adultery. Watch this. Click, click the little arrow, and it takes you to the next verse. Next verse says, verse number 28, New Living Translation, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman, good God Almighty, with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, again, you've got to look. That's why I believe that a lot of folks are not operating in the power because they're taking, uh, I think Deacon Shepherdson said, said this Sunday during Sunday school, and she said, listen, we can't take a part of the Bible and then leave the other part. If you're going to believe it, you've got to take all of it. See, we want to talk about God and God providing and God giving us the promised land and God making us the head and not the tail, that God is going to do this for us and that by his stripes we are healed and things of that nature. But we do not want to deal with, he said, don't commit adultery. Then he took it a step further and said, listen, don't even look at her. You've got to understand how strong your will is and what the impact. See, when folks start talking about the power of the enemy, they're talking really about the power of them yielding. Good God Almighty. What did you say, Pastor? The power of the enemy is really the power of them yielding. And what it is, is that you're not taking authority over your flesh. That was Matthew chapter 5, 27 and 28. You start to deal with these fantasy lusts, and the fantasy lust is in your mind. The fantasy lust is in your mind. So you start to play these things out. And you've got to understand, your mind, your, the spirit of a believer is so strong that when, I hope you hear what God is saying, when you start to meditate or to think of something, you will begin to bring that thing to you. Now, you talking weird now, Pastor. That's why it says meditate on it day and night. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What are you talking about? You literally, your spirit man is so strong, and we're going to get into it a, a little later, how God created us, and it is so strong that guess what? You bring that thing you meditate on to you. That's why I try to tell folks, please stop saying that makes me mad. Please stop saying that makes me angry. That, oh, you know something, that drives me crazy. Because the power of the tongue of the believer is so very strong. The imagination, the spirit man of the believer is so very strong that when, this is what the Bible says, when you lust after her, guess what? You've already done it. That's how strong it is. Faith, it's, it's your spirit, man. Faith, faith is the substance. It's, it's tangible. The spirit, man, is real. So you bring that thing to pass. So you start dealing with fantasy lust. And then it says down here, the harlot spirit. See, here's another one for coming from that rejection. And next thing you know, you're dealing with that harlot, harlotry spirit. And women may first manifest itself 
and dress. So you see them. They're dressing. They're exposing their body. Every time you turn around, they're accenting the different parts of their body. Why? Because they're bringing attention to their body. Why? Because they were rejected as a child. Why? Because their parent was rejected and they reared them in the same way that they were reared. And guess what? The door was open for them as a child. And now as an adult, they're walking down that same road. Help us, God. They start off with the provocativeness in their clothing. Sexual perversions represent extreme attempts to overcome what? Rejection. I hope that I'm telling you this is very, very powerful. So through the rejection, that commanding spirit, that evil spirit, has again opened the door for other spirits to come in and do what? Like that happened to Eve in the garden, just a whisper. Just a whisper, the negativity. That's why you got to learn to renounce every negative thought. Bring that thing. Hold on. Let me let me find that real quick for somebody to write this down. Bringing, and that's another ing, bringing every thought into captivity. Where is it? Second uh, Corinthians 10.5. Uh, where do I want to pull that up at? Uh, let's bring it up. What's this one? Hold on a second. I'm just I'm clicking. How come that is responding? All right, I'll do it here. Two Corinthians, uh, and I I got to go back here. What was it? Ten five. Okay. Now again, I'm doing this so you can write this down so you'll know this particular scripture. King James, it says, casting down imagination, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that's contrary to the word of God, you've got to bring that thing into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me, here we go again. N-E-T, Bible. And every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. Good God Almighty. (laughs) Throwing down imaginations. And we pull down reasoning. This is, here here it is, Aramaic Bible in plain English. And we pull down reasoning, and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God. And we take all minds prisoner to the obedience of the Messiah. So if it does not, see, this is the problem. Again, in order for you to work at your optimum, thank you, Holy Ghost, to work at your optimum. See, many times when it says uh, one can put a thousand to flight, you've got believers who, again, are so immature, they can't put the one of a thousand to flight. Why? Because you're not operating at your optimum. Your optimum is that you desire to be what God has planned out in his word for you to be. That's your desire. That's why I'm saying if you can get into the into the stream of that will be done, listen, you're not you're not planning nothing. He says, God willing, I'll do this and I'll do that. My organizer, I got my new organizer for 2017. I'm going back to two pages per day. I've got the, the, the layout on the left-hand side with the hours of the day and how I can strategize to put two hours in here for studying, two hours in here for praying, and I can put an hour in here for strategizing. I can put 15, 20 minutes in here. I can plan my day out now, and then I have that down, and I can look back, cross over information that I did. I wasn't able to accomplish that. Cross that over into the next day. Move it forward, and I can accomplish it tomorrow. But again, before I start doing any of that, it's God willing. I don't care how well you can plan, strategize. I don't care what you meditate on. If you meditate, yes, I am organized. I'm disciplined. I'm a prioritized, productive person. Listen, no, you're not if it's not God's will. You can, I can look back over my organizers, and I can look where I was trying to get organized and prioritized and productive and disciplined in my life, and it's been years. And guess what? It still did not come to pass. Why? you got to understand God has a will. His will supersedes your will. 
And you'll find out, and I've experienced this, where you ask God to do something, and you did not, you were not concerned about his will, and guess what? He's got to turn around, do what you ask, because you asked in faith, your faith was real, he did provide it, but guess what? He's got to turn around and reverse it after he already gave it to you. Listen, I got to take that back from you, because that's not the direction that I want for you. And then when you come around and say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, will be done. What are you saying? God, is there another way that this, this, this cup could pass from me? I don't want to go this way. I don't like this poverty stuff. I don't like this catching the bus stuff. I don't like this one-bedroom apartment stuff. I don't like this only a few outfits stuff. But, Lord, if it's your will, then I'll stay in the one-bedroom. If it's your will, I'll keep taking public transportation. If it's your will, I'll do a few more years on this job. Why? Because it's not about my will. It's about his will. And you've got to get into it. If we wait patiently for what God said he would do, I'm telling you, it is the best for you. So out of all your prayers, you've got to start to look and di- dissect your prayers and say, hold on a second. Is my will getting in the way? Help me, Holy Ghost. All right? Again, we're going down here. It starts to come out in provocative closing, sexual perversions. We did that. Sexual experience, real or imaginary. What you do in your imagination, in your spirit, man, can come to pass. Can never satisfy the need of genuine love. I don't care. You're doing these things in your mind. You're trying to get people to act out different things in your life to, to, to fulfill these different fantasies. And guess what? You keep chasing after it. You're chasing after that rabbit, and you're never catching it. You're running down holes, and you're going in different places, and you're trying to achieve this particular thing, this satisfaction, and you're not getting it. Stuff won't do it. The genuine love that you're looking for, won't. you're never going to get it doing it that way. They are the devil's substitutes. It's the devil's substitutes for real love. So these different acts that we try to get into, really, really what it does, it does nothing but frustrate us. Frustration and guilt. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm I'm peeking because I thought I had a scripture to deal with something right there, but it may be on the other page. All right, so watch what it says here. So now we start to go down and start to deal with insecurities and inferiority. Inferiority. You start to deal with insecurities and inferiority. Now, again, from rejection, the door is open. All these folks coming in, you remember what the Bible says, that when you cast that spirit out and in, is in swept and garnished, your spirit, man, your body, your mind, your soul, is all clean now. And you better understand, I'm experiencing this, that some lifestyles, some, some habits that I used to have, I don't even deal with those anymore. However, if you don't, we talked about it last week, if you don't start putting some habits, holy habits in place, let me tell you something. When that evil spirit comes back and he comes back with his friends, spirit of rejection, he brought back lust, he brought back fantasy lust, he brought back um, sensual, sensual desires, he brought back insecurity, he brought back inferiority. When he brings these things back, let me tell you something. The Bible says that the state of that man is going to be worse. Why? Because you did not fill that void. You did not fill your spiritual house with spiritual things. When God gives you this freedom that I'm experiencing, that Deacon Shepherdson is experiencing, and that other folks are doing in the ministry is experiencing, when he gives you this freedom, did he give you this freedom for you to sin? Did, did, oh, hold on, where's the scripture at? Uh, let me see. Here we go. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. I'm going to go old school. No, 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 no. I'm not going old school. Romans chapter 6. Where are we? Here, let's go. Romans chapter 6, if I remember correctly, verse 1. Here you go. We, uh, uh, what shall I say? What shall I say then? Shall we go on sinning 
So grace may abound. Now, in actuality, I really need to, hold on, let me look back one. No, I can't look back one because that's 521. Okay, so let me go back up. Romans 6 and 1. Now, what does it say? Should we go on sinning? Should, should, now that God freed you from some stuff and you feel this newness of life, and I'm going to tell you the best way to, expre- exp- to express it, what has happened to us is I've been born again. This is a, I'm telling you, it's a born again experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound, that God may do this over and over and over again, that he may keep cleansing you? No. He is saying once you get cleansed, stay clean. Start to walk in this newness of life. It says here, I'm down at the bottom of page 146. This is yet another manifestation of rejection. What is it? Insecurity, inferiority. The person who has a deep sense of rejection feels insecure and inferior. Now look back over your life and how many boardrooms you walked in and you felt that you did not belong there. How many jobs you applied and you felt as you was applying for it that you're not capable. How many applications you did not even pick up because they're not going to hire me in there. How many, watch this, how many promotions have you avoided, did not even submit your name because you felt inferior? Now, good God Almighty, now that you have identified that this is a spirit that has been let in by rejection, as you analyze your history, and look back over your life and see how the enemy has toyed with your life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Some folks still getting caught up on people. But once God gave, I'm telling you, once the revelation really hit me, then your fight is not against man. Your fight is against spirits. Your fight is against the spirit. So when you look in a person's eye and they look you in the eye and they got that crazy look in their eye, listen, you better understand, they under the influence. You better understand, when you see a person that's drunk, you can tell by looking in their eyes. You see a person that's high, you can tell by the look in their eyes. Now let me tell you something. Some of the folks that's under the influence of the enemy, they, they don't walk crooked. They can walk a straight line. But they got some other attributes and characteristics in their life that you can tell they're under the influence of something. Evil spirits, demonic, whatever you want to call it. You got to recognize that, guess what? You got to deal with that thing. Insecurity, inferiority. And when you see it, you got to be able to deal with it. uh, Here, here's another one. Self-accusation. The demon Causes. Now watch this. I had to pause when I looked at this. It says the demon causes. What does cause mean? It causes. See, this is what folks folks take what somebody else says, and because they say it emphatically, and that's why sometimes when it comes to certain things, you 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 can't get excited about it. Don't don't just say it regular and let the anointing be upon it. Let God. Don't 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 say it with emotion because some things that are said with emotions. Listen, just because it was said with emotions does not mean it's true. The devil, let me tell you something, the devil was on my back. Listen, the devil cannot get on your back. The devil forced, the devil called me, the devil, listen. This thing, even in the book here. Now, again, I like it. I, this is semantics. It, 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 when it says, cause a person to turn against himself and Tears, tears down his sense of personal worth. It causes. When it says causes, some folks got to watch it when you read that because, again, it gives rise to an action. When you say cause, it gives rise to an action. All the enemy has is a whisper. All he has is a voice. And the key is all the power that you that the enemy has, you got to give it to him. 
So you've got to get in that habit. I'm telling you, good God Almighty, go to bed at night saying the devil got no power. The devil has no power. The devil has no power. Listen, Matthew, what does it say? Matthew uh, 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18. Listen, you ought to know about all authority. I'm going there. Here we go. Let's go there. I love it. You better know this scripture. 28.18 should be one of your favorite scriptures. You've got to tell the devil this over and over and over again. You've got to remind God that you know his word. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, hold on, hold on. I want to do it. I've got to do this out of, uh, da, 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 da. where do I want to go, here or here? Let's go here, and let's turn this into BibleGateway.com. Please come up quickly for me. Oh, it's moving, too. Thank you, God. Here we go. Uh, we're going to pull up this passage, pull it up in five different translations. We're going to look at uh, Matthew, what did we say? Matthew 28, 18. Uh, and you know what? I did it again. I don't want 28, 18. I'm going to pull up. Let me go. I'm going to back it up a little bit. All right? So I want you to hear this. Ah, Thank you, God. And really what I wanted to do, I think I just wanted to get, uh, is it 17? Mm. Okay, here, 16. It says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they uh, saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, and saying, all power. This is the end. He's already ascended. He's come back. He says, now that I'm back, let me tell you something. Y'all didn't have this before, but I've got all power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, once this really sets in, see, some folks hear me and they hear me tonight, but they still, it's not settling in. That's why you believe that you got to have sex outside of marriage. That's why you believe you got to drink. That's why you believe you got to shoot up. That's why you believe that your life is supposed to have this torment and never having peace. That's why you believe that you really, honest and truly, you don't try to get ahead. Why? Because you don't believe you deserve it. You got spirits whispering to you, and they've got power in your life. And they do. They do have power in your life. They have power because you gave them power. It's like you gave somebody, you told the kids not to open the door, but you gave somebody keys to the door or a stranger on the street and said, that's my house over there. You gave him the power. And when you give him the power, you better understand that he takes the power. And he uses that influence to run your life, to steal and to kill and to destroy. What? Your dreams, your hopes, your desire, the power of God. He wants to use it to his glory. Where is it? I'm not going to get into that yet. Go over on the other side. Thank you, God. Listen, self-accusations. He's trying to tell you now your personal worth. Self-accusation coupled with compulsion to confess. For an example, if a person has fallen, now I dealt with calls because, again, that word doesn't set well with me to use calls right there. He, he mentions, this demon mentions to a person to turn against himself. He mentions, he don't calls. All right. When you drop down in the latter part, three, uh, the uh, second sentence up, it says, "If the person has fallen into immorality, ho 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 ho, you don't fall into immorality. Uh, uh-uh. you don't fall into immorality. That's a choice. See, when you start to use that as a scapegoat, that I can fall into this, I can trip into this, I can slip into this, I can slide into that. No, 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 no. It is a choice. No, you can beat me down. We can have this discussion. We can go back and forth and debate this thing. It's your choice. You will find out sooner or later. The Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. You chose to do that. The enemy put it up as an option, and you chose that option. The Bible says that he will give you a way of escape. So when it says fallen, but when you choose the immorality, he cannot rest 
until he has confessed his wrongdoing. He, top of page 147, usually confesses to those who should show him the most love. He is driven to do this in an effort to what? Shock others into giving him forced attention. And you see, folks, sometimes just for the sake of attention, they say the craziest. It doesn't make I don't even know why you said that. Yes, you do. I don't even know why that came out your mouth. Yes, you do. It's attention. They wear the clothes they wear for attention. They listen. They they amen. Sometimes folks amen real loud for attention. No, no, no. They're not sitting there getting it. It's just attention. It's all kinds of things that folks will do for attention. They fake spirituality for attention. Don't want to be free. Don't want to operate under the anointing, the presence of God, the spirit of God dwelling in them richly. No, they'll take, watch this, the camouflage. That's not, I'm, I'm pausing because it's not, that's not the word I'm looking for. The counterfeit, good God Almighty. They'll take the counterfeit affection, attention. Watch this. Here you go. Here goes somebody else coming into the door. Who is it? Rebellion. Rejection and rebellion. Rejection. You're going to see that expressed. In, that comes out. You. That's a rebellion. That's an outward one. You can see that. The turbulence. You can see that one. Then you got rejection. That's usually withdrawn. Insecure. That's how you start to deal. That's how you start to see it. You start to deal with these. And once you know it, you know what I love? When the word of God just starts really hitting you and start tying itself together like a puzzle putting together. You love it when you start to see the pieces. Oh, I got all these pieces right here. When you started the puzzle, I don't know how you do your puzzles. You may leave all the pieces just scattered everywhere. But once I'm, if I'm doing a big puzzle, like over 500 pieces, when, while, as I'm doing it, I start to group pieces together. So if this is the tree area, I start to group them. So as I touch them, I group the, the, the tree together. This was the area with the water, the pond. I put that together. Here's the people. And when I see pieces of the people, I put that together. So then when I get to that area, I got all the tree right, right here, right here. It's starting to come together real, real nice and quickly. Why? Because I've grouped it all together. Listen, this is what the devil does. I love it when God reveals to us. This is God is revealing through these folks, the Hammonds, the secrets of the enemy. And what I love is when this thing starts to come together like a puzzle. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It comes together like a puzzle. And now you start to see that, again, when you start to get withdrawn and you see the rebellion, you see the rejection, the rejection is the insecurity and then the uh, rebellion, help me, Holy Ghost. One is where it's expressed outwardly, and it starts to tie itself together. And then you start to see, wow, that's what the enemy is doing. And then God starts to reveal in his word, his word starts to come alive. You start to see it. Listen, you start to see that's what he means when he says it, that particular scripture. Let me move on because I'm pausing. I want it. He's going to give it to me. So this next area, again, thank you, Holy Ghost. There it is. When it comes together, that's when you start to see he closes doors that no man can open. He opens doors that no man can close. What doors are you talking about? What doors? My house door? He opened my house door and no man can close it? We got a basement door. The basement door? No. That no evil spirit, no human being, once God closes this, listen, this is what I'm believing, that this freedom that God has given me, this born-again experience that he has given me, and he has opened this door for me, 
guess what? No demon can close it. I got this door open, and it's open to righteousness. It's open to holiness. When he opens it, no demon can close it. I'm on the Lord's side. You got to choose what you're going to do. Then when he closes a door, the devil is coming to try to open that door and to let him what? Self-will. You got to understand, he's going to try to open the door to self-will. Now, listen, here go the scripture. And and on this one, I got to go to Bible Gateway because it's going to pull up more than one. Bible, when you do the Bible Hub, you're pulling up one at a time. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 14. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going. Isaiah 14. Looking at 13 and 14. Watch this. When the enemy, and, and that one, I really want to read it. I still have my Bible open on it because I got it highlighted in my Bible. Uh, Isaiah uh, uh, 14, looking at 13 and 14. For thou hast said in thine heart, this is the enemy. This is what he said in his heart. In the Bible, God don't look on the outward experience, expressions. He looks on the inward. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne Above the stars of God, help me, Holy Ghost. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be, good God Almighty, like the Most High. Yet, verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the side of the pit, the sides. You better understand that self-will is a dangerous, help me, Holy Ghost, mm, 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 is a dangerous spirit. When you take in your will over the will of God, I'm telling you, that will be done. When God detects it, you ain't, I'm, I, I, it's, it's just no way. You're not going to operate in the power of, you're not going to see God moving mountains in your life. You're not going to see breakthrough. You're not going to see the deliverance until you can get your will out of the way. Jesus told us a very powerful lesson. He said, as a human, my desire is to let this cup pass from me. But for the believer, if you're going to walk after me, you've got to learn how to say, not my will, but that will be done. So how are you going to pray? He says, you don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what you need. You don't even know. Listen, you got desires, and you better be careful with your desires because your desires will open doors and take you down paths that you don't want to go down. You really you really don't want to go down there. You wonder, well, how in the world did I get that nail in my tire? It was one of them roads you went down, and you didn't realize, but it was going to cause you some trouble. I know some folks, I'm talking about myself, I know some folks had nails in their ties and dealt with them nails for months, going to the gas station, putting more air in the tie, going to the gas station, still ain't got that nail pulled, ain't got that thing plugged, pull that nail out, and nail tire going down, flat, okay, Pump it back up. Come out in the morning. It's halfway down. You got to rearrange your trip. Why? Because you're dealing with going down that road that had that nail on it, and now it's causing you headaches. Come on. I hope you see me in the spirit. If you had not gone down that self-will desire, that self-will road, you wouldn't be going through the stuff you're going through now. If you were to learn how to say, he said, if, well, listen, disciples, if you don't know how to pray, let me teach you how to pray. That will be done. Watch this. A person to selfish, this is a webs, this demon's webs, a person to selfish desires. This opens the way. Remember, it closes doors. I love it when that puzzle comes together. You start to understand. What doors? What doors? He closes these doors. No demon in hell can open it. Opens the door to what? Stubbornness. Opens the door to what? Selfishness. Opens the door to what? Un. 
teachableness. You got folks that you keep trying. I keep, it's the same lesson. It's the same lesson. It's nothing new. They still don't get it. They still not operating in it. They still, listen, still walking around dark roads. Good God Almighty. Help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. They still, listen, still going down that same old path. And some folks, you know how they say the phrase, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some folks never get sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is the way I am. I Listen, I don't have peace in my life. And that's just the way it is. I'm troubled on every side. That's just the way it is. No, 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 no. There's supposed to be deliverance from that. That's why I said you better bookmark 121, and every opportunity you get, just do a little bit at a time. You're going to find out this thing is peeling off of you like an onion. Yes, it's stinking. Yes, it's causing you problems. Yes, it's giving you headaches. But let me tell you something. It's also opening some doors that God can move in your life like never before. Watch this. It says it's opening stubbornness. Sometimes you see folks, they just, I don't even know why he's rejecting this. Why in the world would he reject this? This is something all good. Everybody, it's win-win. It's stubbornness. It's a spirit of stubbornness. And God has already told me, son, do not waste your breath trying to cast stuff out of folks that they ain't, really, they ain't willing to get rid of. Do not. He showed me clearly because I started going for it. Once I got free and I realized that the enemy, the spirits, the demons, they are the enemy, the principalities, the powers, the spiritual wickedness in high places. They are the enemy. Your wife is not the enemy. You keep, listen, you keep flip-flopping back and forth. You think your husband is the enemy. You think your wayward children is the enemy. You are focusing on the children and not on the spirits. And why? Because the enemy has got you tricked that he's got power. I'm telling you, 2818, you better know it and you better recite it. You better get it deep down in your spirit. You better tell the enemy when he brings up that he's got power, when he brings up your past, when he brings up these different avenues and streets that he's trying to get you to go down. Let me tell you something. You better say Matthew 2818 and let him know. Listen, Jesus got up with all power in his hand. You got none. If he got up with all power, what does it, he says authority. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Genesis one twenty six. See, I had moved on, moved all the way away from my notes, had these notes down here to deal with, moved away from it. The Holy Spirit is so good to me. He said, uh-uh, son, don't forget Genesis one twenty six. He gave man dominion. He gave him what? He gave him rule. He gave him what? He gave him mastery. Genesis one twenty six. he gave that to man. That's why Christ needed to come. When Christ came and then died, he took the authority that the enemy beguiled. Genesis 3 and 1. Satan got, got Eve to question God's word, to question God's voice. That's what the enemy does. It's about God's word living in you. It's about you obeying God's word. And when the word gets in you, good God Almighty, when the word gets in you, it will rule you. It will govern you. It will teach you. It will protect you. It will show you the way. He says, I am the way. The truth. The truth is going to make you free. He says, I am the way. The truth in the light. The enemy got Eve, Genesis 3 and 1. It didn't take long. Right after man was given the dominion, he was beguiled out of it. All the way to the point of Jesus coming and dying, and he got it back. The enemy had, throughout the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, he had power. He literally had authority to do what he was doing. In Matthew 28, 18, you better realize there was a shift there's a paradigm shift when it comes to the authority. The enemy has no more authority. When it says, I, I have all power, it means I have all authority. Now I speak. And you better know as a believer, God has given it to you. That's why he said greater things than these will you do. Because now I'm taking this thing to a whole nother level. I'm not in the tent anymore. I'm not in the tent the, the, um, um the, the uh, tabernacle anymore, or I'm not in the, uh, um, good God Almighty, I'm not in the tent. Then he built the, uh, Jesus, 
The temple, thank you, Holy Ghost, the temple. I'm not in the temple anymore. You are the temple. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God lives inside of you. And if I can get you to walk in it, if I can get you to start walking in the spirit that God has given you, let me tell you something. You start taking authority over your house. And if they put up a fight, you ready for the fight. You roll your sleeves up, put your boots on, and get ready for the fight. And you got to let the enemy know, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. So if you're going to bring it, you better bring it and you better come strong because I've got this word on my side. And this word says Jesus got up with all authority. Jesus said, I'm not leaving you comfortless. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. And if I leave you with the Holy Spirit, then guess what? You got power in you. He says that your body is the temple of the God. He's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You got authority over this demon. Renounce every evil spirit, every spirit that comes against you. Renounce it in the name of Jesus, and then walk in the liberty that God has given you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. We bless your name for being such an awesome God. Lord, we thank you for your will being done in our lives. We thank you for revelation knowledge taking place in our lives. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, every evil spirit that's been assigned to us, O oh God, that you have brought it to our remembrance and brought it to our attention that it is unlike you. God, we renounce it right now in the name of Jesus, and we walk in the freedom that you have given us in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. God, thank you, God. Do it, God, to your glory. That will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks to God. Thank you so much. I looked up and time has expired. Thank you so much. Again, share this Bible study call. Let folks know, give them the uh, links that we, again, may get this word out and that the people of God might start walking in the power of God. Amen? Amen.